Hey, Wizards fans, welcome to the latest off-season edition of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm the television voice of the Washington Wizards, Chris Miller. Coming up, it's our pre-draft podcast featuring general manager Will Dawkins. We'll talk to Will after the introductory press conference to see how he, Travis Schlank, and Michael Winger are working together with the rest of the front office staff as they're gearing up for Thursday's NBA draft, where we currently sit, Washington with the eighth overall pick. We'll get Will's thoughts on just best practices that he's taking from his time at OKC here to Washington, how important it is to have a good working relationship with other GMs in the draft in terms of trying to do potential trade business. We'll also ask him to evaluate this year's draft from top to bottom and how he sees the value of the eighth overall pick. All that and so much more coming up on this pre-draft podcast edition of the Off the Bench podcast featuring general manager Will Dawkins. Wizards fans, Capital One Arena partnered with Clear to help Wizards fans get into the games faster for free. Beat the crowds on game day and enter through designated Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Download the free Clear app and get started today. Will, it's good to see you again. I know you are busy this time of year getting ready for the draft. We appreciate some of your time here. I want to ask you how you're settling in non-basketball-wise in D.C. Um, It's been a a lot, I would Mm -hmm. say. A lot coming at you really quickly, but I'm enjoying it. I would say I'm getting used to the traffic. There you go. Um, Trying to figure out the traffic patterns. That's been good. (laughs) I started in a hotel, but Mm -hmm. realized quickly I needed to get in a quick apartment. So staying down in the Navy Yard. So Mm -hmm. eating a lot of times at the Navy Yards and the Wharf. So I've learned there's a lot of good restaurants in D.C. Mm -hmm. So that part is taking care of itself. So it's been fun so far. In terms of the wife and kids trying to get them up here, yeah. For us that are transplants that know what that's like, how are you navigating that part of your life? So that part is going to come in a little bit. They're staying back home, making sure they're finished up their summer programs, and they play sports and swim lessons and all that other stuff. So they're going to come here in the next couple of weeks, kind of get up and get settled. But we're house hunting from afar and online right now. And you don't have to let final say in that, right? You just say yes. and Happy wife, happy life. You already know. There we go. All right, let's get into the, the job part of it. Since the introductory press conference, Yep. Kind of like what's life been like for you on that side? A lot of like getting to know everyone. Mm-hmm. I really want to make sure that I learn the people here, learn their strengths, their weaknesses, like what they're used to doing, and then try to connect the dots and make mm-hmm. sure that I can come in and help wherever we can. Spend a lot of time with Michael, making sure we're trying to orchestrate what we think needs to happen. Um, so that part has been good. It's really been about getting to know everybody and kind of getting us on the same page. What's that like when you're dealing with people you might know from afar doing business with them as opposed to maybe somebody you're meeting kind of for the first time and trying to integrate everybody into this new basketball family? I'm learning people what they do um, and how they're here to help, and that's all that matters. I would say familiarity, some of the scouts I was with or some of the people you see on the road, some of the people you've had trade discussions with in the past, that stuff helps. Um, But you can tell that the chemistry that Michael and I have from working with each other in the past, that makes it easy. It's an easy trickle down. Yeah, it's kind of an easy transition to what's it been like kind of reconnecting with Michael and also having this new working relationship with Travis Schlank? It's great. I think Michael and I are both a little new in our roles, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, we have a lot of confidence in each other. And adding someone that has the veteran experience of Travis to the group has been super beneficial. Mm -hmm. I would say the group we have here has put in a lot of work. So we're just piggybacking on that and kind of coming in a room and figuring out together. But there's been a lot of long dinners and Mm -hmm time spent outside the office where you really bond with each other as well so it's been a fun experience and Michael and I have just kind of picked up where we left off in Oklahoma City. Got a big picture like how what were some of the best practices that you 
did in Oklahoma yeah. City that you hope to apply here? Yeah, I would say the best practices that I can take with me from day one is the way you treat people, mm -hmm. uh, the way you treat players, the, the professionalism that you have in the building. Another thing would be attention to detail. The little things matter. Um, and also the way you treat players, but the way you treat their representatives and their families mm -hmm. and having those strong bonds and relationships. Like honesty is important mm -hmm. and you can have honest conversations, you get things done. Mm -hmm. So trying to take those things and, and bring them here to Washington, I think will be fairly easy, but you got to make sure you're doing them. How important is this time of the year to have I don't want to know if, if it's a good relationship, but relationships with other GMs that you've worked with in yeah. the past to do business. It's a people generated business uh, as most things are nowadays. So the more you can have conversation and connect on the families and ease the tension before you got to have the, the meat and potatoes of the conversation, it's uh -huh. good. Um, and at the same time, those you haven't worked with as much, there's a professionalism and a standard that you work with. So it doesn't take long to find a cadence and a rhythm. And, mm -hmm. But knowing someone's timing and what they like to talk about and how they do business, that, that's very helpful. So do you do the, hey, how you doing? How's the family? By the way, we like to trade and we like to acquire. Or do you kind of get to A little to later than that. A little later. We'll, we'll give okay. it a, a 30 more seconds on <laughs> that. Hop back in. So the fourth or fifth call, you're, you're, the pleasantries are gone. Yeah, because it's so highly competitive and there's only 30 of these opportunities for teams to win a championship. I'm sure that... You know, things could get contentious or things can be kind of friendly just depending on kind of yeah. the stakes. I would say it doesn't get contentious too often. Okay. Um, people are competitive, but they're also professional. Mm -hmm. And we want people to know that when they're dealing with the Washington Wizards, they're going to get a professional response and we're going to be serious and take everything what they say and protect that information. Mm -hmm. So as long as people know that that's what you're about, it doesn't really get contentious. And if it doesn't work for one team, it doesn't work. How do you evaluate the 2023 NBA draft top to bottom? It's a good draft. It's a very good draft. Obviously, you have some high-end talent, but the depth throughout the lottery and then into the second round is better than average. Um, so I would say it's a good draft to be in. It's a good draft to have multiple picks in in the first round and second round, and you can find players. You know, in a second round, I'd love to get your take on just kind of the value of that. And you guys currently have two of those in the second round. Do you see those prospects, I'm talking second round only, yeah. as players that you can develop in the G League, or could they eventually be rotational pieces? How do you look at that? I think it depends on where you're picking. Um, a lot of the guys that are early in the second round, you could say, are very similar tiered players mm -hmm. to those in the first round. And I think that's why the league is coming up with different specific second round contracts for those players. But at the same time, when you're adding a third two-way, you're thinking it's going to be more of a developmental player later in the draft. Mm -hmm. So it really depends. Um, there's times where you invest in senior players who might be more ready to play. And there's times where you invest on some international players that are gonna take some time getting used to the game. So there's different ways to go about it. I think everything we do here will be through a developmental lens. So to answer that question, it will be about development. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, their timelines will be different depending on where they're coming in at. And that's important to us to meet them where they're at set expectations and then put a plan in place to help them get to where they need to get to. And now the question all Wizards fans want to kind of know is how do you see the eighth pick this year? What does that player, obviously I'm not asking you names, but what does that person have to do? Do you want my draft board or? I mean, listen. come up there, we'll talk about it a little bit? If you want to, we would, but I wouldn't. <laughs> it's not ask. finalized. We just I'll met, that. so it's I don't want to get into it. Like, I appreciate it. How do you value the eighth pick this year? Highly, highly. I think we're going to get a good player at eight. Um, a talented player, a versatile player. And there's definite positions you can go with that. So we're, we're excited to be at eight and fortunate. Will, do you see the eighth pick this year being a contributor to the team? Yeah, I think any player you take up there is someone you're going to invest in. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going to spend time and make sure that they get time on the court and are able to contribute. 
Certain players will come in and be able to do that a little faster, but the way we look at players is not in the short term and the immediate. Mm -hmm. We'll put a plan in place to see where they're best over their prime and their peak and take the long-term approach. But obviously we'd love to get our eighth pick on the floor and see mm -hmm. them do well. What's your philosophy on moving up, staying, or moving back in the draft to acquire multiple picks? You gotta be flexible in draft. You don't know what's gonna happen. The main thing is identify the guys that you really like, try to find a way to go get them. Um, if they come to you, that's great. If you gotta move up, do what you can. If you gotta move back or get back in the draft, I think it's all about identifying your needs, what you're looking for, and then finding a way to get there. It's a common sense thing that anybody that's getting drafted in the NBA can shoot, pass, dribble, <laughs> do all of that. Not everybody. But there are some things that I think during your time in Oklahoma City that people like us from afar that can look at is they got to be good people too, right? Like, like what are some of the other things tangibly that you look for in a player besides the obvious, can he yeah. shoot, can he dribble, can he rebound? The intangibles matter. Character matters, and that's going to matter here. Um, the work ethic, the type of teammate that they are, how serious they are. I think bringing multiple guys like that in allow for the group to grow and become more serious and get the most out of what they have. A lot of the times when you're looking at the draft, the players start at a similar level. And those that maximize themselves are the ones that have the resources and buy into the resources. Mm -hmm. And that's based on character and work ethic and competitiveness and the things that we got to go and talk to a lot of people about and spend dinners with them and talk about. But the tape speaks for itself. I think the analytics speak for themselves. But that piece on who they are as people, that's the, the, like, the special ingredients and the special sauce and the stuff you really got to work through. My last question is you were doing draft prep before you came here. Yeah at another place, and now your draft prep now here in D.C., how much is it similar, how much is it different? I would say a lot is the same in terms of the players you're looking at. We were fortunate to where the last place I was at is only four slots different. So a lot of the players that I was interviewing beforehand were in the same realm. Um, you try to do a good job of knowing the draft one to 60, to be honest, one to 80, because of the two ways now, the non-drafted players. And that, that's not gonna change no matter where you're at. Uh, the way you conduct workouts, the type of workouts you do, the visits, sometimes you gotta go some places and we're not scared to do that. Mm -hmm. We're gonna look over to every rock, find the player, and at the end of the day, make the best decision for the Washington Wizards. As you know, the NBA is worldwide now, Ooh. so you can find a player Ooh. anywhere. <laughs> got the travel miles already. DCA's been great for me, I can't complain. Go. Will, thanks so much for your time, we appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thank you.